Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, everyone, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I'm Tim, and today's topic is um, interesting character by the name of Boston Corbett. Uh, Boston Corbett was a Union Army soldier who shot and killed President Abraham Lincoln's assassin, John Wilkes Booth. He had a very interesting life and a lot of weird stuff going on with him, so we're going to talk about him today. But before we get started, let's go around the room and introduce everyone. Um, Joined, as always, and this is a kind of a sad day, because we're joined by young Brittany, uh, and this is actually young Brittany's last podcast. Aww. Chuck. It's... It's a very sad day for all of us. It really is. But Brittany, if if Brittany would have listened to me and and not held out like she did, she'd still be here. But they canceled the contract. But and I think it's going to do Brittany some good to be out on her own and hopefully get into the rehab that she needs, (laughs) um, get the treatment that she needs, and and maybe she could come back as a whole person. Is not true. Brittany is going on to bigger and better things. And Brittany, you, 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 do you want to discuss that, or you want to? Yeah, okay. I accepted a position with a crisis center um, outside of Cincinnati, so I'll be traveling a lot. And when I come back, I uh, will hopefully be able to call into a podcast. Or you guys know I'll listen to all of them. Yeah, we are. We definitely have to have you in as a guest, but um, we've. Love working with you, and you've done a great job on the podcast. Unlike what? the other two here, Tim. Uh, I know. What's this podcast going to be without me? It's going to go to hell. Is it going to be hard? Yes. It might be a little bit tough. Here's my question: Who's going to take care of you if you ain't if if you ain't here? I've already thought about this. I don't know. Who's going to walk over to the family dollar, get your toothpaste, get you whatever you need? I don't know. Who's going to bring you lunch? I don't know. I yeah. You're going to come back. You're all emaciated with dirty hair. <sighs> Looking like you're living on the streets. No, no. Because if it weren't for me and Brandy, you'd just be a mess. Watch, I'm going to come back here from now and be thriving, and you guys. You will be like, thriving. I'm, well, I'm sure. sure you'll be thriving, but you just won't have lunch. True. No, you will be thriving. Sometimes and Chuck brings me cake. That's very I'm nice of you. Grow cake. That's yeah. very nice. She's of you. having a bad day. I bring her some chocolate or some cake or something. whatnot. I probably Brandy. But then Brandy tells me, yells at me and stuff. So. Well, what? speaking of which, mm-hmm. hi, Brandy. How are you today? Hi, Brandy. I'm used. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. You can come to the crisis center. Yeah. Because I'm in crisis. Well, you said you're abused. 
Yeah. I am abused. Brittany will help you, assist you. But I don't think that anybody there is qualified to help me. So. I am. Yeah, I don't think you are. No. no. She's Can you write prescriptions? No, no, no. You no. Not. I do not believe that Dr. Freud came back to life today. He could help you. Really, Pot? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and... All right, let's move on. We also joined, of course, as always, by the distinguished and honorable Char- <laughs> Colonel Charles Beauregard, Hawk Waters III. I'm going to miss hearing that. <laughs> Affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Charles? I'm doing wonderful, Timmy. Um, I have to say that uh, I'm happy that my, my one of my boys is in town. Oh, which one? Taylor. Taylor, cool. Taylor, the one that I call, I call Brittany Taylor. Mm-hmm. He does. Taylor is a he's a, he a brilliant young man, but he ain't got the sense God gave him. Just so he's saying, I, it's a I good thing you're sense. pretty because you're stupid. That's no, what he's saying. No, Taylor, brilliant. Br- Brittany, a very, very smart girl, but she don't remember to eat lunch. Yeah, I do. She like barely that. remembers to shower. Hmm? I this is not true. These no, things are not uh, you, true. You're always, Brittany, you're always well groomed. The girl has fine hygiene, but she has no sense of. I look like sunshine. Right, Lordy. She does look like Miss Sunshine. She that has a yellow dress room. on, and she looks uh, outstanding. You look very elegant. Thanks, Tim, for just being respectful. And all the all, what else I got? Big news is y'all sitting around here with your Coke bottles. Um, I got my Coke bottle in the mail um, yesterday. You ordered, you ordered a Logan? Coke online. It says Hawk. It says Hawk? Mm-hmm. <laughs> car. I would like That's to pretty give, awesome. First of all, I give my shout out every week to to our to our loveliest fan, Dottie Scott. <clears throat> Dottie, and, I added you on Facebook. And if oh, we should be excited about that. Just a moment of silence for my fish. My love my beloved beta spike. Okay, one moment. It's over. Yeah, it's done. Move on. And Turn the page. Brent, uh, Brittany, young Brittany, decided to torment me by putting pictures of Spike everywhere. Yeah, that was good. You murdered me. You flushed me down the toilet. Why didn't you feed me? You were a terrible father. Well, we're not sure Brittany did that. I didn't do that. How can you just accuse me of things like that? Because you're running her off. That's probably a reason why she's leaving. Yeah, you guys beat me down. You tell me yeah. I don't wash my hair. I don't yeah. eat. I post things. What's wrong with you? <laughs> what is it? So you're the victim now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Blame the victim. I'm the victim. You are blaming the victim a little bit. Okay. Let's I'm just move. kidding. And, I did it. Also, I did I, it, and I'm not sorry. I was a little bit disturbed because all this hype about Donald running for president. Donald Trump. And, mm-hmm. Well, see, that's the thing. And people don't talk clearly. you know. So you're picking up stuff, and I'm thinking, you know, when I look at all the candidates, he's probably the most qualified. Probably the most qualified. He's got, I'm sure he's got good ideas. Um, you know, Huey, Dewey, and Louie have been following him for a long time. They ain't never really gotten in trouble. They're so Donald Trump. I'm, Trump, not Donald Duck. Exactly. I was all pumped up about Donald Duck being running, and now it's Donald Trump. Ah. So now I'm kind of sad. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm sorry. Okay, let's talk about Boston Corbett. Um, I can't. What you about give me No parts to talk about. Boston. <laughs> <laughs> you have a we we have a um, we we have we're going to talk about Boston Corbett, but we're also going to talk about um, John Wilkes Booth's body, which is what the Colonel is going to talk about. It's an interesting story in itself. But anyway, we're going to talk about Thomas 
P. Boston Corbett, who was a Union soldier, as I said, who shot uh, and killed uh, Abraham Lincoln's assassin, John Wilkes Booth. Um, Corbett was born in London. That's England. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Sometimes. It's yeah. over there. Or Ohio. Yeah. Well, no, this was, this was actually London, England, in 1832, and he immigrated with his family to New York City in 1839. Probably come over on a boat, would be my guess. Or did come over on no airplane. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. That was my guess. Maybe walk, as far as I know. Anyway, um, the family eventually moved and settled in Troy, New York. Um, Corbett worked as a hatter and was a regular mad hatter. Yeah, did, did we have? Didn't we do a podcast on someone else that was a hatter? I don't I don't there's a very good reason they call people the mad hatter. Right, crazy. Well, because you work around noxious chemicals. Yeah, chemicals. yeah. He he was worked. He, he was exposed to uh, mercury. Uh, nitrate, uh, which was used to for the treatment of the fur to produce felt used on the hats. And um, th- many believe, uh, historians believe that's what made him so wacky because he is a wacky kind of guy. Um, uh, ex- excessive exposure to the mercury nitrate uh, can lead to hallucinations, psychosis, and twitching, which is known as Hatter's Shake. The Hatter's Shake. The Hatter's Shake, which was a popular tourette. it was a popular dance back in the fifties. The Hatter Hatter Shake. The Hatter Hatter Shake. Yeah. He had but, uh, but, but, uh, but you're right. That's where the I think that is where the um origin of the Mad Hatter came comes from. Um so he grew up uh, and he worked as a hatter in Troy, uh, New York. Um and he got he was married, but his wife and di- uh, child died during uh, childbirth. Um, and yeah, you know, it's kind of sad. Following that, he moved to Boston, and he became very despondent over the loss of his wife and his child. Began to um, drink heavily. He turned to liquor. Uh, he was as Brandy did when she has problems. Yeah, and Miss Brittany does every every weekend. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, like you're judging me, and I don't know that that's right. But anyway, he was unable to hold a job because of his drinking and his depression, and eventually he became homeless. Um, and then one night he was on a binge, and he was confronted by a street preacher um, who actually persuaded him to join the Methodist church. Um, and he did, and he immediately stopped uh, drinking and became very devout. Um, he became very devout. Um, he was baptized, and he changed his name to Boston because that was a city which he was converted. Amen. So he's trying to change his life. It really did. He turned his life around. He started at regularly attending meetings at the church, and he was very his enthusiastic behavior earned him the nickname. The glory to God, man. Now, who, very, glory uh, that's a strong name. I'm telling you, who has that handle? It's not you. Don't get that nickname. You just you got to earn that. Yeah. So I called Chuck something similar to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in an attempt to imitate Jesus, Corbett began to wear his hair very long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he like was Jesus. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, I like Jesus. Jesus. But he was forced to cut it when Did he. Did he wear sandals? I don't know. Did he wear what his, I don't know. Toga? 
I don't know what his uh, footwear was like, uh, but he did uh, wear long hair. And uh, but he had, you know, he went and eventually went and joined the army, and they, they're kind of a stickler for short hair. Uh, although Custard had long Custer, hair. Custer, why do you keep calling him Custard? Whatever. Dessert. Anyway, in 1857, um, he was working as a hatter, and um, he was known, reported to be a very proficient hatter. Um, but he would keep getting fired because he would start preaching and singing to his co-workers and um, would um, berate them if they used profanity in his presence. Oh. Um, Can so you imagine if people got berated for profanity around Yeah, we'd be in real trouble. Yeah, we'd be in trouble. He also began to work as a street preacher himself and would um, sermonize and distribute religious literature uh, on the street. And he became uh, earned soon become to earn a reputation in Boston for being a little eccentric, a and, little eccentric, <laughs> yeah, and a religious fanatic. So on July sixteenth, eighteen fifty-eight, Mr. Corbett was walking down the street when two ladies of the evening, uh, prostitutes, if you will, if you ladies if you, of the evening, yeah, two uh, um, two um, ladies of questionable character. Uh, now, excuse me. Yeah. Just because they whores don't mean they got questionable care. Well, I'm just saying. Two, yeah. two, They're working their way through school, aren't they? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Two hoes approached him while he was walking home from church, and he was deeply disturbed by this encounter. Uh, upon returning to his uh, board room at, the, at his boarding house, Corbett began reading chapters 18 and 19 in the Gospel of Matthew. And what do they say? Hell, if I know, I've never read read it. it. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me me read it because it's wonderful. All right. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out (laughs) and cast it from thee. And there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. That's Is that like what my mom used well, to say? Jesus, for heaven's sake. But it don't say anything in there about the one-eyed dragon. <laughs> yeah. it, Unix. It says, if the, you know, the one-eyed, not the one-eyed dragon. No, but eunuch. And we already went over what a eunuch was. Or the one-eyed wonder lizard. Or... You cut it off. Okay. So, so hmm? you your wiener. Yeah, so, you like the, man. I think there's a whole new term to the, a whole new meaning to the term. Well, I, can, I can look. Yeah. I can look up eunuch. Yeah. So anyway, he, he went to he went back to his apartment. He started reading the Bible, and in, he decided to avoid any type of sexual temptation and to oh. remain holy. He would castrate himself, and he castrated himself with a pair of scissors. <gasps> yeah, and of was, course he did. Of course he did. Then he ate a meal, and then he went to prayer meeting before going to seek medical treatment. So he had to prioritize things. Castrate himself, eat, eat a sandwich, go, go to, to prayer, then go get well, the Well, oh, here's the it's thing. It's that book. It's uh, Eat, Pray, Castrate. <laughs> yeah, he got it out. Yeah, no, he got to castrate, eat, pray or something. Castrate, eat, pray. Yeah, whatever. So um, Backwards. Yeah. So uh, now uh, he did a, uh, you know, now he's Caitlyn Jenner running around. things to do. Yes. So um, now, really, hold on. You had to take a a mean, sexy shot at Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, I know it was it was was, tasteless. That was tasteless to me. Yeah. So you disappoint me sometimes. uh, I am sorry. So where are we at with the story now, guys? He ain't got no. So he he got no pecker. No, he doesn't have a pecker, and I think that's horrible. I was looking at eunuch. 
to see if that involved the tallywhacker or not. It's Either way. Evidently, you, the definition for that is pretty broad. Okay, so in April of 1861, it was early in the American Civil War, and Corbett enlisted as a private in company... Hold on. He enlisted as a no private. Yeah, he did. He got no private. Uh, in Company I of the 12th, 12th Regiment New York Militia. Uh, his eccentric behavior quickly got him into trouble. He Is carried, he preaching again? Yeah, he carried a Bible with him all the time, read passages aloud from it regularly, and held unauthorized prayer meetings. You know, ministers don't even like people to do that. No. No. He, and, and he argued with his superior officers, which you really can't do in the military. They don't like that. They frown on that, and that is not the way to get on the fast track. It's not. So he also, making friends all over the world, he also condemned officers and superiors for what he perceived as the violation of God's word. In one net, In one instance, he verbally reprimanded Colonel Butterfield, which everybody knows Colonel not Butterfield. to do that. Exactly. Everybody a, knows. You don't, you don't fool Colonel Butterfield. No. Mm. But he got on him for using profanity and taking the Lord's name in vain. Well, Colonel Butterfield was in the wrong. Well, yeah. it doesn't matter. You don't do that to Butterfield. He's, no. He's but he, he could have wrote a strongly worded letter to his he superior. He really could have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's paperwork. But he was sent to the guardhouse for several days, and he refused to apologize for his insubordination. So, because of his continued behavior and refusal to take orders, uh, Corbett was court-martialed and sentenced to be shot. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm telling you what. Butterfield... They don't screw around. No. Butterfield does not mess around. <laughs> so, um, his sentence was eventually reduced, and he was discharged from the military in August of 1863. So wait a minute. He, from, he went from being uh, sentenced to death to <laughs> being discharged. discharged. So, Got a break there. Right. So then he re-enlisted later that month because evidently things weren't on computer or microfiched. And he was a private in Company L, 16th New York Cavalry Regiment. On June 24, 1864, he was captured by Confederate Colonel John S. Mosby's men in Culpeper, Virginia. And he was held prisoner in Andersonville Prison for five months. Uh, he was released in an exchange program in November of 1864 and admitted to the Army Hospital in Annapolis, Maryland, where he was treated for scurvy. Scurvy! Nutrition. I know scurvy. <laughs> One of my favorite diseases. Yeah! Uh, can't have enough scurvy. You really can't have my enough My friend scurvy. Natalie has scurvy. Right now? No. He had scurvy. Yeah, Did you? Yeah. She thinks she has it. She's probably wrong. I give think her, she's give wrong. Give her, a, give her an orange. An orange? Yeah. Okay, Natalie, yeah, eat it's an a, orange. It's like a citrus. <laughs> It's a, vit- it's a vitamin C deficiency. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she, she's probably dead. I thought she was, like, dying. No, she's not dying. So okay. she can die from it, but it's pretty oh. preventable with a trip to Kroger. Okay. <laughs> Unless she's a pirate. Unless she's a pirate. They don't, go to, they don't go to Kroger. Yeah. Kroger doesn't let him in those peg legs leave dents in the floor. I could get her an orange from Kroger. Oh, well, okay. it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's, it's on the outside of the store. It's hard to eat that. Yeah. Peel, it's hard to peel an orange with your hook. Right. <laughs> so there's that. But you can juice it. You could juice it. All right. Uh, let's peg see. leg. He was it treated. suck to have a peg leg and a hook? You've got bigger problems. You know what, though? I That'd be a pretty be big problem. Well, you have a parrot. You get a parrot. Well, you get a help parrot. But once you get a parrot, see, if you lose a hand, yeah. you lose a leg, you get a parrot. 
You automatically lose the eye because the little bastards pluck out the eye. It's a helper parrot. Hmm? It's a helper parrot. A service so it won't parrot. do that. Service, service parrot. parrot. Yeah, service you can't parrot. really walk you vest. Vest for He's got to wear a vest. Take yeah. Him otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, you can't take him in the mall. So anyway, he's promoted. Let's see. So he's treated for scurvy. Still funny. Malnutrition and exposure. Um, on his return to his company, he was promoted to sergeant. So this son bitch got a promotion. So, so he was going to get shot. Yeah, he, got he was court-martialed. He was court-martialed, was going to get shot, was just then generally discharged, and then he turns around and joins up again. Right. Because the first time is such a good idea. Yeah. So and apparently they, they didn't do a background check on him. This was before time. Google. Yeah, this before any kind of... Uh, so he later actually testified for the prosecution at the trial of commandant, the commandant of Andersonville, Captain yeah. Harvey Words. Yeah, Andersonville was a horrible nightmare. Mm-hmm. Prison, prison, uh, prison work himself. It was really a fat camp. Yeah, it was fat. It, it, was, <laughs> it was a fat camp. You went in there, one hundred and sixty pounds. You came out of it. Yeah, something, something like seventy percent of all the guys that went in there never made it out alive. It was really bad. So here's where things get interesting for Boston. Hold on. What the guy cut off his dolly walker? This is when it gets interesting. <laughs> this is when it gets interesting. <laughs> what? I don't see you dedicated enough to do anything to cut off your own dick, despite your face. Well, um, I, 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 I need I, it. I, 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 <laughs> what are you? And your lack of dedication he is will, He will be a pirate. He will walk with a peg leg. He will walk with a hook, but he will not castrate himself. This is the one thing that keeps me in the lifestyle I'm accustomed to. I see. <laughs> oh, wow. So on April 24th of 1865... Corbett's regiment was sent to apprehend John Wilkes Booth, the guy who shot Abe Lincoln, uh, on April 14th, 1865. So on the 26th of April, the regiment surrounded Booth and his accomplice, David Harold, in, in a tobacco barn on the Virginia farm of Richard Garrett. Uh, Harold surrendered because he's a wuss bag and he just gave it up, but Booth refused. So they set the barn on fire in an attempt to force him out into the open. But it didn't work, and Booth remained inside. Corbett was positioned near, near a large crack in the barn wall. In an 1878 interview, Corbett claimed that he saw Booth aim his carbine, prompting him to shoot Booth with his Colt revolver, despite Secretary of War Edwin M. Stanton's orders that Booth should be captured alive. Eyewitness Lieutenant Edward P. Doherty, the officer in charge of the soldiers who captured Booth and Harold, stated that the bullet struck Booth in the back of the head, about an inch below the spot where his shot had entered the head of Mr. Lincoln. What you doing? His spinal cord was severed. Question. This Booth's spinal cord was severed, and he died a couple hours later. Lieutenant Colonel Everton Conger initially... initially Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Until he thought Booth had shot himself. After realizing that Booth had been shot by somebody else, Conger and Doherty asked which officer had shot Booth. Corbett stepped forward and admitted that he was the shooter. He could not tell a lie. That's correct. When asked why he had violated orders, Corbett replied, Providence directed me. And man, Providence tell you do something, you do it. Well, how many times Providence direct you? I mean, I get directed by Providence all the time. I don't think Providence has ever directed me. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess what's the word? Satan directions? <laughs> was it Satan? <laughs> so he was immediately arrested and taken to the War Department to be court-martialed again. This is uh, number two for him. Yeah. Along with Doherty. How many people can say they've been court-martialed twice by the, by the military? And, well, and, and self-castration. Uh, when questioned by Edward Stan- Edwin Stanton about Booth's capture and shooting, both men agreed that Corbett had, in fact, disobeyed orders not to shoot. However, Corbett maintained that he believed Booth had intended to shoot his way out of the barn, and he'd acted in self-defense. He stated, and I quote, Booth would have killed me if I had not shot first. I think I did right. Stanton paused and then stated, The rebel is dead. The patriot lives. He has spared the country expense, continued excitement, and trouble. Discharge the patriot. Yeah, just like, okay. Hold on, hold on. They just shrugged their shoulders and said, oh, okay. And might that's, I that's add. What, that's what we're going with. Every once in a while, you, now we just, before the show, talked to my lovely bride. One of her favorite things to say is, Discharge the Patriot! Get off me! Discharge the Patriot! Get off me! (laughs) Sometimes that too. Yeah. But sometimes it's, Discharge the Patriot! Oh, absolutely. So he's, uh, so upon leaving the War Department, Corbett was greeted by a cheering crowd as he made his way to Matthew Brady's studio to have his official portrait taken. The crowd followed him, asking for autographs and requesting that he tell them about shooting Booth. Corbett told the crowd, and by now, half the what he's saying is probably bullshit. I aimed at his body. I didn't want to kill him. I think he stooped to pick something up just as I fired. That may, that may probably account for his receiving the ball in the head. Yeah. But not his ball. Not Corbett's ball. Well, you bang, know, bang. Corbett's ball. You know that... Um, he probably pissed off a lot more people, too. Uh, when the assassin lay at my feet, a wounded man, and I saw the bullet had taken effect about an inch back of the ear, and I remembered that Mr. Lincoln was wounded about the same part of the head. 
I said, what a God we have. God avenged Abraham Lincoln. God Can I get an amen? Amen. Oh, yeah. So eyewitnesses to Booth's shooting contradicted Corbett's version of events <laughs> and expressed doubts that Corbett was responsible for shooting Booth. Officers who were near Corbett at the time claimed that they never saw him fire his gun. Uh, Corbett's gun actually was never inspected, and eventually it was lost. They claimed Corbett came forward only after Lieutenant Colonel Conger asked who had shot Booth. Richard Garrett, the, own, the owner of the farm on which Booth was captured, and his 12-year-old son Robert also contradicted Corbett's testimony that he acted in self-defense. So we don't really know if he shot him or not. No. Both maintained that Booth had never moved. While there was some criticism of Corbett's actions, he was largely considered a hero by the public. One newspaper editor declared that Corbett would live as one of the world's great Avengers, like Captain America or the whole Yeah, he, I don't guess he's, uh, that didn't fall, I mean, that didn't happen. He, I mean, he, he didn't go down history. No one knows his name. Right. For his part in Booth's capture, Corbett received a portion of the $100,000 reward money amounting to $1,653.84. In today's money, it would be right along, what did we say the ratio was? It was. It'd be about $25. Would, no, $25,000. He received, received right $25,000, but the reward money would have been what, like almost $900,000? Yeah, in today's money, the reward money would have been about 900000 And he, he received, received about twenty-five. Yeah, he got screwed. So he did kind of get screwed. But he probably gave it to the church. Well, we know he didn't build a house out of it. We know he didn't he buy a shovel. He they, a sh- his next move was to did, buy a shovel. He didn't spend it on hookers. <laughs> he did not spend it on hookers. He had nothing left to cut off. Yes. So, so after friend. his discharge from the Army um, in August of 1865, he went back to work as a hatter in Boston and frequently attended the, the Broomsfield Street Church. Um when the hatting business in Boston slowed, Corbett moved to Danbury, Connecticut to continue his work and also to preach um, in the country around about. Um, by 1870, he had relocated once again to Camden, New Jersey, where he was known as the Methodist lay preacher. Corbett's inability to hold a job was attributed to his fanatic behavior. He was, routine, he was routinely fired after continuing his habit to stop work and to pray to his coworkers. In an effort to earn money, Corbett capitalized his role as the Lincoln Avenger. Yeah, so he's trying to earn a living off of this now, right? Yes. He gave lectures about the shooting of Booth, accompanied by um, illustrating lantern slides at a Sunday school um, with a group of women in tent meetings. What is so damn funny? Well, how, how, I, I love this part of the story. Oh. No, I just want, how long could the lecture last? I drew my gun, I fired, it hit him in the back of the head. Yeah, but go, but go on, it, it gets better. But you know what it's going to be. So there I was, <laughs> outside the barn. Yeah. I heard crickets was, chirping in the background. It was a dark and stormy exactly. night. Exactly. Yeah. I'm so confused. No, 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 go, it, it just gets better. Okay, okay. Um, Corbett was never asked back due to his increasingly erratic behavior and incoherent speeches. It took him four hours to talk about how he fired. So he just gets up there and starts rambling yeah. about anything. He's just like some uh, some homeless guy off the street. He's just rambling about whatever. He's never asked back. It appears so. He can't come back. So his paranoia um, was thir- furthered by hate mail. Um, 
he received for killing John Wilkes Booth. He became fearful that Booth's Avengers or organizations like the Secret Order were planning to seek revenge upon him and took uh, to carrying a pistol with him at all times. There we go. Yeah. So See, now that, he's carrying a pistol around. Like yeah, he's nuts. He's carrying a pistol. I, I think he probably has a valid point there. There were probably some nuts out ready to, you know. Yeah. He even come. started pointing his pistol at friends, strangers, or anybody that he deemed suspicious. Not a good way to <laughs> You look suspicious. So yeah. this some bitch turned into Yosemite Sam. I think he's just, nice. I think he's, uh, he's losing <laughs> his mind a little bit. So while attending the soldiers' reunion for the Blue and Gray in Codwell, Ohio in 1875, Corbett got into an argument with several men over the death of John Wilkes Booth. Now, why would you go to a reunion of the Blue and the Gray when there are going to be folks there from the South and you killed their, you know, you killed, killed their John Wilkes Booth? Yeah. But go ahead. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, and let me guess. What did he do when he got into this argument? Um, it, yeah, it's pretty predictable. So uh, the men questioned if Booth had really been killed, which enraged Corbett. Um, he then drew his pistol on the men. <laughs> yep. And that's what he does. He was removed from the party by the time he could fire at anybody, which is interesting. He's it, it, the, the funny thing is the guy, he's like Barney Fife. Did he even have a bullet in a gun? I don't know. Because he waves his gun around all the time, but yeah. except for Booth, he ain't ever shot nobody. Well, he probably had a, uh, like I said, he, uh, he you can understand his paranoia. He didn't have work to save Yeah, yeah. You can understand his paranoia, because I'm sure that there was a lot of people who would, would uh, would you know, take offense to him killing Booth, but he he's just uh, out of control. Yeah. I mean, it's very well, good. Th- hold on. You say I can understand his paranoia like a rational person? Can we cut back to the part where he cut his tallywagger off? Yeah, no, 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 I no, think I, that was the stem of it. Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying he was a rational person. I'm just saying you can understand under the circumstances that there'd probably be some people out there. No, I think he was going to be paranoid anyway. Yeah, probably so, but um, I'm sure he did re- receive actual hate mail. Probably. How long do you think it takes to cut your junk off? I don't know. It would be, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you don't have junk. I know, that's no why I don't know. But that yeah. seems horrible to even think about. So, I wonder and, if you could use one of those knives you use for cutting up the turkey and things. I mean, one chop would be the best way to go, I guess. But I think one of shredders, like for cheese. Oh. oh. I was thinking going out into the woods with a. Uh, no, he used scissors. What I a, think he said he used. Yeah, scissors. you're right. He, yep. He yeah, did. With a tree stump and a big um, mm-hmm, axe. Get, get Paul Bunyan to come in. Mm-hmm. Like a little. Penis guillotine. Well, because yeah. I don't think we got scissors at the house to handle the colonel. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, colonel. So in 1878, so much, Corbett moved to Kansas where he acquired a plot of land through a homesteading um, upon which he constructed a dugout home. <laughs> and what but is then a dugout he can, home? I, you know, I'm not in the ground. It's a maybe? hole in the ground. Yeah, that's what I thought. With a tarp. So he wants to live in the ground. But he did continue working as a preacher and attended rival meetings very frequently. So now he's living in the ground in a hole in Kansas. Yeah, with a pistol and no tally down by the river. So he's gone underground. Yeah, why not? Yeah, we don't know. I don't know what's going on he's with a him. Strange but, bird. Uh, due to his fame as the Booth Killer, Corbett was appointed assistant doorkeeper at the Kansas House of Representatives in Topeka in January of 1887. That's an honor. Who was the head doorkeeper? But how did no one wants that responsibility? 
But how do we go from living in a tent to that? He's not living in a tent. He's living in a hole. I know, I get it, but that just it seems Well, anyway, weird. but he's assistant doorkeeper. Okay. Well, but he doesn't live there. It's just his job. But okay. what would the duties of an assistant doorkeeper be? Uh, they Making sure the door opens and closes. When the head doorkeeper cannot fulfill his duties, then the no. assistant doorkeeper steps in to turn the knob. I don't think I want that guy hanging out at the door greeting people. <laughs> no, he's got a lot of paranoia because well, on February 15th. He's all pissed off waving his gun at people. Like, are preaching to him. Yeah. Well, he was convinced that officers at the house were discriminating against him. So he jumped to his feet um, with this, a revolver and began chasing the officers this out is of like the building. This is like two weeks within his new job. Wow. He's yeah. got some problems. Luckily, days. no one was right. hurt. Well, he probably was discriminating against well, he probably was. The man was keeping him down. The man is always keeping him down. He should fill out paperwork. Well, yeah. Did he get a background check? He should went right to HR. Uh, he, he needs a, I'm telling you, the man deserved a raise. <laughs> Maybe. But no one was hurt, and he was arrested. And, and um, if he would have just gone two more weeks, he'd have his 30-day probation. Right. Yeah. Could have yeah, gone into the union. Could never got never been ever, ever. Yeah, But instead, he was right. arrested again. Yeah. And the following day, the judge declared him insane. And call. sent him to the Topeka Asylum for Wait, the insane. How long that took. Wait, but guys, it gets so much better. On May 28th of 1888, he escaped from the asylum on horseback. Of course he did. So um, he's believed to have settled in a cabin he built in a forest near Hickory in Pine County in eastern Minnesota. Man, he's all over the place. He is. Um, he is believed to have died in the Great Hickory Fire on September 1st of uh, 1894. Great Hickory fire. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. The Hinkley Fire. Hinkley Fire. Oh. It was a... Um, it killed like 400 and some people. Hinkley was a town in Minnesota. It wiped out like 418 people. And they think that he might have been Somebody involved. Somebody trying to get warm and just blew up the town. No, it was a, it was a, uh, uh, it was a uh, forest fire thing. Yeah. You know what Smokey the Bear says. There's yeah. no proof, though, but he appears on the, the dead and missing <laughs> list. Yeah. In the following years, um, Corbett's presumed death, several men came forward claiming to be Lincoln's Avengers. A few years after Corbett was last seen in Kansas, um, a patent medicine salesman in Oklahoma filed an application using Corbett's name to receive uh, pension benefits. Man, before they had databases and stuff, you could yeah, get that's out. crazy. Yeah, you could get someone else's social security. I would like to get my social security. I'm Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> so <laughs> that guy, um, after the investigation, um, it was proven that he was not Boston Corbett, and he was sent to prison. I think a lot of people did that during 9-11. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, did they? Yeah. yeah. Well, they would, you know, be, they wanted right. to disappear or whatever. And, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. In September 1905, a man, a man was arrested in Dallas, um, also claimed to be Corbett. Uh, he was also proven to be an imposter and was sent to prison for perjury. And then to the government hospital for the insane. In 1958, Boy Scout Troop 31 of Kansas uh, built a roadside monument to Boston Corbett. It is on Key Road in Concordia. Sounds good to me. A small sign was also placed to mark the dug hole um, where Corbett had been for a long, long time. Man, I wish I had a hole in the ground. I do. How is that dugout still there? Like, didn't it fill with dust and stuff? Well, they had a, they, he had a mole problem for a long time. <laughs> I mean, did it, like, go around? You know, like, did he have a Sweetie, crawl it's probably space? not there anymore. That's They marked the spot. There's a sign there. 
Yeah, it's fine. That doesn't mean the thing's there. Well, they the should have made sure that it stayed. Cause yeah, I they should put a whole like, planted character or something. Yeah. So uh, this uh, story gets an even odder twist because we're really not even sure John Wilkes Booth was in like that. Chuck, talk about it. Yeah, we weren't even really sure John Wilkes Booth was in that barn. So when he, So we don't know if he was, uh, if uh, Corbett actually killed him or not. And the colonel's going to tell us about this little weird little oh, angle of the story. Well, it ain't a weird angle to me. You gave me a, a, a junkie thought in the story. <laughs> it's not. It's interesting. How do we, and I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. It's I'm like, trying to stifle how do we you. minimize the colonel? How do we minimize? We do that okay. by podcasting when you're not here. Right. <laughs> so this guy, Finnis Bates, in 1907, he writes a book about the escape and suicide of John Wilkes Booth. Okay. Now, this author contends that Booth assumed a new identity, John St. Helen, and lived in exile until taking his own life in 1903. <clears throat> this book becomes pretty popular. And Bates begins to display the mummified cadaver he claimed was Booth at Traveling Circus. He was a carny. He became a carny man. Mm -hmm. Um, And the mummy, uh, which for some reason always clad in khaki shorts. Scapper. Yeah, changed hands. (laughs) Sandals, too. Yeah. Yeah, he was like... He had had some Sperry's. it was the Nike baseball hat that gave it away. But, yeah, uh, it always does. But uh, but anyway, by the time, you know, there were some photographs of it. They called it the Million Dollar Spectacle. Yeah, if now, you go so to they, our Facebook page, you can see it. a big story about uh-huh. it. Now, it, it, it passed hands, passed through a lot of hands. And it was like the King Tut thing. Everybody that got John Wilkes Booth, and it wasn't John Wilkes Booth, but people, you know, they were right. saying around. It's around. a guy who claimed to have been John Wilkes Booth. So, yeah. yeah. And uh, anyway, it really was not him. But there's been no it, DNA. I mean, they, they tried. Well, they wanted to exhume John Wilkes Booth, and they got rejected for some reason. The court wouldn't allow him to do the court it. wouldn't allow him to do it. But the uh, court was probably like, this is stupid. We're not doing this. Yeah. Um, he, the only thing he had was a short left leg, a distorted right thumb, and a scar on his neck that was similar to John Wells Booth. Um, <laughs> That's, but how is it similar? Seems like a couple, it seems like many things that are, yeah, many odd things that are similar. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, short left leg, everybody's let, everybody got a short leg. Like significantly shorter? Well, if you measure them out and a distorted, look at my thumbs. What are my thumbs? My left one's all mangled up. My right one's normal. Well, if you keep it out of your ass, so, maybe it wouldn't be mangled up. <laughs> Boston Corbett has a significant shorter something. A penis? It's gone. Tyler Wacko? Wiener. Wiener? Wiener uh, be gone. Huh? Wiener be gone. Wiener be gone. Wiener be gone. <laughs> he used Wiener be gone on himself there, Brittany. <laughs> Aw. No sausage fest there. You know what? It didn't come with a warning label. <laughs> That's why warning labels are on everything. everything. You know what he did? He was the first customer of Nair, but he got the extra strength. <laughs> he pressure. got confused. Yeah. And just ate everything away. But anyway, that's why in uh, kindergarten they give you those little scissors with the little plastic protecting things on them, so, so you, you don't cut your wiener. Yeah, don't cut your wiener. Yeah, everybody. Oh, there'd be kindergartens running run around with wiener, or or they shove them up the butt, or they try to eat them. That's what they try to do. I mean, no. <laughs> no I mean, with those scissors, you dummy. <laughs> They try to eat. I mean, how many? Yeah, I know. I, I used and, to eat. Here's one. I used thing. to eat paste. This is you see. Know, well, at least it's something besides turkey. <laughs> and 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 
Here's the nice. thing. It's about as tasty, actually. If you're in the first grade or kindergarten, uh-huh. if you eat crayons, mm-hmm. you eat I eat crayons. You eat the almost glue. No, I don't care if you grow up to be senator, a famous politician, a movie star, whatever. You always gonna be the kid who ate glue in kindergarten. I don't know. You get all the checks. Yeah, but you you do get the checks, but you, you have to pay for it. It's like throwing up on the school bus. Boy, it is. You throw up on the school bus. No, you are forever the person that threw up on the school bus. No, pee in your pants. Or poop in his words. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. Well, Someone yeah. told me to eat the macaroni and cheese crayon. <laughs> what? Did you? So I did it. Did you? <laughs> Why? I, You're a crayon eater. I'm yeah. certainly glad I was sitting down for that revelation. <laughs> I'm shocked. So we, t- we, give, we, try to, we try to get the colonel on the sideline by giving him the short little did it to cover, and he still goes on for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, here, let me, let, me, let me get back to my notes on John Wilkes Booth. Ow. Okay. Final thoughts, everyone. Brittany, final thoughts that on your final... That was a great last podcast, and it was... Yeah, he's really a crazy person. We are going to miss you, Brittany. That was fun. And um, whenever we think of people castrating themselves, we'll think of you. Oh, great. And <laughs> crayons. Really, yeah. And crayons. Good. Brandy, any thought, last thoughts on Boston Corbett? No. No. Colonel? No. I am I am opposed to self castration. Yeah, Ali Walker removal. Do not yeah. remove that. We gonna be gone. We gonna be gone. Don't buy. Don't buy. We gonna be gone. I think the young girl over here <laughs> onto something. <laughs> if I go to the shit, if I come home and Renee says, "Can you carry the groceries in?" and I see a big can, a big extra large heavy duty industrial strength can, she just needs a to be gone. For you. Yeah. <laughs> then I'm gonna be worried about it. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> we gonna be gone. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone. Where can they find us? WBG. <laughs> Brittany. WBG. You can find us on Facebook, or you can find us on iTunes, or our website, History Dweeb. And this is your last show, so give a one last plea for them to... Please leave us a podcast, and if please you... Please leave us a podcast. I mean, I mean, please leave us a request. She's getting fired. I mean, not request a review. For Christ's sake, girl, did you get drunk before Sorry, you came I'm in? You're fired. I'm so excited, I don't know She's doing happened. a lot of public speaking in her new job. I am. I am. Can you tell? That's a problem, because I say things that are not supposed to be said. But um, please leave us a review. If you do, I will come back and give you a shout out. Cool. All right. Do we have any shout outs today? Uh, I think we get, we, I don't. Thanks to all so. my fans. <laughs> yes. Peace. Yeah. Peace. Thank God and all your fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and we've already mentioned our show's sponsor a number of times. Wiener Be Gone. Wiener Be Gone. Yes. <laughs> okay. So check us out on Facebook and we'll see you all again real soon on History Dweebs. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.